Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. Everybody, uh, wow! I tell you, you know, it's always it's such a like bittersweet, sad time when people move away from Clemson. But I will tell you, my heart is so happy seeing uh, the alumni come back. I mean, it is. It, there's a bunch of y'all here. Yeah, this is awesome, man. What a golly! Thank you so much for coming back and saying hey. <laughs> it is cool. Some of y'all left single and came back married. And uh, hey, I'm going to tell you that's for real about Roxanne, too. Uh, she's a single brother's favorite prayer person right there. I'm just going to say she will. Uh... <laughs> right. You, I don't know what else to say. It's just it's true. OK, but really, um, man, what a what a fun weekend. What a great, uh, great singing, um, great communion, you guys. I mean, that was really well done. Thank you for being imitatable in your faith. I'm grateful for you guys to be able to, I'm grateful that we're a part of a body where you can look around and go, man, it, I love being able to imitate the faith of my brothers and sisters, right? Because there isn't one single person in here that we've got the market cornered on like pure discipleship, but there's a whole bunch of us and you can go, man, there, ho- hopefully you take some time to do that periodically because I know there's one thing Satan doesn't ever want us to do is actually appreciate one another, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Right? Satan wants us to feel like we've got to be better than everyone else. And God is like, no, when you start appreciating, when me and you start appreciating one another's faith, we start going, man, that's a really cool thing that they have going on. I wish I was more like that. I wish I could learn to be more like that. And I bet you we could sit here and talk and go through everyone and go, man, what a blessing we have of just God lumping us here in this little place um, with folks who have imitatable faith because of him, because of God, right? Um, so, uh, we're going to get started. You can turn in your Bibles over to Hebrews 11. We've actually made it all the way to Hebrews 11. You know, we've been studying this concept of living by faith for the year, and we're just getting to the chapter that everybody's like, well, that's the only chapter that ever talks about faith is Hebrews 11, right? Uh, we're getting there now, okay? Um, but before we do that, please take a second right where you are and pray, uh, Get there, get together with God. And I don't know what your morning's been like, and I don't know what your weekend's been like, and I don't know what your week uh, has been like. It might have been, again, as we've said before, it might have been the worst week. It might have been the best week, right? I mean, there's some new, like, engaged couples. It's awesome, right? And then other folks going, my week kind of stunk this week, okay? The best thing we can do is just get ourselves in a place with Jesus, all right? And just talk to him about, man, Jesus, speak to me now, right? Is, let me hear your voice, right? Not all of the world stuff, not all of Satan's stuff, but just his voice. And the other thing I'd like for you to do is pray for somebody around you. Pray for somebody who's sitting around you for the same thing, okay? So take some time to pray, and then we'll continue. Father, thank you. Thanks for letting us come here. And God, you, you didn't just... It's not like you just allowed us to come here, God. You have blessed us to come here, God. You have lavished things on us. And 
And uh, God, you have given us a room full of people. God, thank you. Thank you so much uh, that we are on this journey together. I pray we want to grow. We want to learn more about you. We want to we want to love like you love, Father. We want to be that way, and it's hard. Satan is trying to like quench that out of us, and I pray that we are sensitive to your Holy Spirit, God, and that we really truly um, are different than the world. Father, teach us that. Please teach yeah. us that, and thank you for being gentle with us in your teaching. But God, if we're stubborn, please, whatever it's going to take for us to get back in line with you, please put your thumb on us if that's needed. Uh, but Father, uh, we trust you and we know you're good. We love you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, so we've been doing the series for so long, I freshened up our logo just a little bit for this. You know, it's just, hey, I'm good for something, right? I mean, it's, I can freshen up the logo and you're like, whoa, I'm not staring at the same thing. You know, it's a little different. So uh, just, you're welcome. That's uh, just a little something for you there. Um, so here's the interesting thing about this is, I hope as we go through, again, we're not talking about how to make like these one-time, like emotional, huge decisions that we can go, that was by faith that I did that. We're, there, there are times you have to do that, right? I mean, there's a time you come to the crossroads and a big decision is required, okay? That happens really not as often as just life, right? Everyday life that requires us to live by faith, okay? And Here's the challenge for me and you, is that how we live should not make sense to the world. It just shouldn't. And, and we have to ask ourselves, is how I'm living, like do my coworkers, do they think, dude, it, that totally makes sense what he's doing. It, it totally makes sense what she's doing. It totally makes sense how they make decisions, right? The, that should not be the case. They're actually, people who are around us enough should go, hold on a minute, what? why are you doing that that way? Like, that seems really weird. That seems really unwise. Why are you forgiving that person? Why are you loving that person? Why are you, well, you know, maybe it's the person that you work with or the person in class or, you know, as Josh and Juliana brought up, your teachers or your bosses and your coworkers going, why are you saying good things about them? No one says good things about them. Why are you doing it? Okay, because faith should not make sense to the world. All right, it shouldn't make sense in any way, right? In our habits, it doesn't make sense that, you, that, that somebody following Jesus would say, you know what's one of the most important parts of my day is getting up early enough to get in the word and to pray and not rush that, okay? That, that doesn't make sense because you know how the world, the world does this. How long will it take me to get to where I'm going? And then subtract that from when I have to be there, okay? So it takes me 7 minutes and 29 seconds to get to work. It takes me 6 minutes and 14 seconds to get to school. So I need to be there by 8, so I'm going to give myself plenty of time and leave at 7.53, right? <laughs> I got it. I'm a minute or, you know, that, listen, understand something. That's what the world does, all right? Let me maximize this. You are insane if you were to tell somebody, no, actually, I get up a couple hours early to pray. That doesn't make sense to the world, okay? And maybe your morning routines are making too much sense to the world. Maybe coworkers and students and all this are going, yeah, your life makes sense. Sleep as long as you can and then rush to work, rush to class, rush around for the rest of the day. Our habits shouldn't make sense to the world. Our relationships shouldn't make sense, right? Listen, here, here's the deal. You put a group of people anywhere, you're going to have drama. 
okay? You are. You're going to have plenty of it, okay? But here's the deal. You know, Jesus speaks so concisely about how me and you need to love one another. And you want to know what he seems to not do is to go, well, in this instance, you don't have to. Right? He says just your enemies. Well, which one? All of them. All right. To me, that's like the starting point because you're going, hold on a minute. So everybody to the left side of my enemies, is, that's like a no-brainer then, right? I mean, it's, it's this idea of going, wow, um, he, it's just this complete. And so me and you, like, we're not going to change at all or get anything out of, like, following Jesus if we aren't going, man, maybe, maybe my life, okay? And this is part of, in the morning. I've got to kind of question myself. Am I looking or am I going to look just like the rest of the world today? Okay, in every interaction I have, okay, hopefully every one of us, when we go into our communities and our works, we're a blessing to that community, okay? And I mean everyone. I mean when the waitress gets your order wrong, okay? Seriously, you don't know what the world does? I'm not tipping you, okay? Really? You want to punish the girl making $2 an hour because she made a mistake? Okay, as long as me and you can say that to God. God, listen, you want to know what? When I make a mistake, punish me. Okay, that's what the world does. Okay, you know what a disciple does? They go, you know what? People have bad days sometime. And you want to know what? Maybe, maybe it didn't come out the way I wanted to, but maybe she just needs a little more encouragement here. Let me, let me shuffle a little more out for them. Wow, can you imagine that? A bigger tip? More encouragement? Like, hey, we're with you. Don't worry. That's what disciples should be. It should not make sense, man. And it makes me feel a little weird, honestly. Sometimes I go to dinner, I go out to restaurants, and it's funny, this happens, we get a lot of, like at conferences, you have a lot of disciples together, and I'm a little bit ashamed at how we treat waitresses and waiters. Because I'm going, man, come on, man, you can eat that still, it's okay, all right? And so it's just that idea, it shouldn't make sense, right? The rest of the world are going, what, you're not complaining? This restaurant is so horrible, and this, so bad. I'm just, man, I don't know, I mean, I'm kind of that way a lot too, you know? It shouldn't make sense. I mean, I'm just saying, this is the way our life, what we focus on shouldn't make sense, right? It just shouldn't. I mean, you know, the, the rest of the world is focusing on so much. Their, people are heartbroken over their football teams today, or, I mean, it's just, or you're super excited about your football team. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, both of my alma maters, like, did not play well, you know? I mean, Fresno State lost, Florida State should have lost, okay? And I'm going... Man, if my focus was on that, I would be so discouraged today. <laughs> you know, I'd just be, or if my focus is on, man, but you know what? Clemson's awesome. <laughs> I mean, they had lost in years, okay? But here's the truth of the matter is, is if that's my focus still, you want to know what, man? Your level of joy, my level of joy is just so thin because you're one game away from discouragement, okay? You're one game away. And, and here's the deal is, is it's fun in Clemson right now. Listen, it used to be like this in Tallahassee. <laughs> I'm just saying, it used to be this way. And so you're going, it's always going to be this way. No, no, no. We're going to have times where we're going to go, golly, they can't even beat Duke, okay? So I'm just saying, if you're put, our focus should be different, okay? Our focus should be different if we're living by faith in our peace, in our, in our joy, right? Here's, this is where the rubber meets the road is the world, you know what, man? The world loses its mind when things don't go their way. Okay. All right. The calmest, coolest customer should be a disciple. That doesn't mean things don't hurt you. That doesn't mean you're unemotional. That doesn't mean, but you don't lose your mind. 
Okay, when everyone's running around, you're going, listen, you want to know what? It might be a really, and we have to acknowledge truth, right? There may be hard things. But listen, I don't lose my mind like the rest of the world. And it's not because I'm better. Listen, I, I would love to be able to do that. But here's the deal is, is, is Jesus offers so much more. And so if I'm going to live by faith and I'm going to tell people that I'm following this Jesus who I claim has it all under control, then if I look out of control, that does not look like a really great ambassador, right? I mean, just, it just shouldn't. So hopefully, um, I hope you're thinking about this. This is just kind of the thing. You know, it's interesting. We talked about this last week. Faith is the boldness to make godly decisions today because of the hope we have for tomorrow. That's Hebrews 11.1. 1. Right? Faith is the certainty of the, the unseenness of the hope we know is coming. Right? It's this idea because, you know, we talked last week about hope. Is because of that hope, because it doesn't matter what happens today or tomorrow or the next day, what tragedy, what horrific thing, what great thing. Maybe you'll win the lottery, but ultimately it doesn't matter with what is coming when we get to be with Jesus. Okay? And that seems to be something we'll, we're going to kind of dig into a little bit today. But we've got to ask ourselves, do me and you, like, is this, is this our um, kind of fuel? Is this idea of, man, I can, you know, me and you, we're able to make decisions that might be kind of tough or might be what isn't our nature. Right? You know why? Because one day we're going to get to be with Jesus and that Jesus who died for us and he put his Holy Spirit inside of us. Right? We get to be with him and listen, there is nothing there, there is, listen, when we're next to Jesus in heaven, okay, there is not going to be anything we're going to go, man, I really wish I would have experienced this thing. I really wish I would have got revenge on my enemy. I don't think so. I don't think, okay. In fact, if your enemy showed up in heaven, I guarantee you, you wouldn't be angry at them either. Okay, you'd be like, great, we're all <laughs> fine with me, okay. But here's the deal is, is, it's faith is this right here. I'm reading through this. I'm going, you know what? This is kind of risky living by faith. It's not, listen, confessions of a guy who doesn't like to take risks, okay? I mean, the older I get, like my sphere of heights becomes like embarrassingly low, okay? Like from, man, I remember back in the 90s, okay? WWJD right there, <laughs> bungee jumping, okay? And now I'm like, if I have to get up on a ladder against my house, I'm like, you know, that may have something to do with the fact that I fell through my ceiling one time. So that wasn't fun either. But, but here's the deal is I'm just saying I'm not a, I'm not a risk taker, okay? I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go and race motorcycles. I don't want to go and, you know, jump off of cliffs and all that kind of stuff. But here's the funny thing about this is faith is risky, it's risky. Now, here's what I want us to be very clear on, though. Be, like, risky doesn't mean careless. It doesn't mean thoughtless, okay? It isn't just like, man, let me just throw off everything and just go for it because faith is risky. It's like, no, but faith is thoughtful and careful and it, it, thoughtful of others, okay? But, but nonetheless, faith is risky, okay? And here's the, here's the thing is, is um, one of the things that as we read this, Here's what I want you to remember. I want you to just kind of plug it into the back of your mind that we can't understand what this means, like to live by faith outside of the context 
of God's unchangeable purpose, okay? Do you remember from last week? Remember we talked about his unchangeable purpose, okay? Some of you that weren't here, you love like uh, in, in Hebrews 6, talks about the anchor for the soul, right? And that makes a beautiful little picture and you can hang it up and anchor for the soul and all that cool things. But most of the time people read it, they're like, I don't even know what that means. Like he's talking about two things, unchangeable and all these kind of things. But here's the encouraging part. He says, you know, God has this unchangeable purpose. That means from the, from the minute man fell, there was one purpose. They need to be with me somehow. Okay. And that's going to get permeated through every person that comes and finds me. Okay. Is I need to insert that into them because it's unchangeable. All right. God isn't going to change. So that's the ambassadors is him sending the church out and going, Hey, because God's unchangeable purposes, he wants us with him, in him, living in him. And so we've got to remember that because you want to know what? When we talk about like risky faith, it's really easy for us to, to either maybe take ourselves into a place that's kind of worldly. Like, let me get risky so I can get something I want, right? Or we just don't know what to do. Okay. Let me narrow it down for you is living by faith has everything to do about living inside of his unchangeable purpose, okay? So everything about living by faith is about being with God and helping him in his purpose to bring people to him, okay? So this is the part where it's risky. Do you see where this could be risky now if we're going to live in his purpose, right? How risky this becomes because now he's saying, listen, I'm going to send y'all out there to people. And, you know, what Josh shared is, is probably something we all here is, uh, man, most people are people pleasers for the most part, okay? Most people are, all right? It's this idea of, I want people to like me. Man, it, it, how many of us can say that in here? There's probably nobody in here that's going to go, I just wish people didn't like me so much, <laughs> you know? I just, it's so hard for people not to like, no, 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 I hate it, you hate it, all right? We, we want that, and then God said, well, actually, I'm going to Listen, I'm going to give you guys a message, and that message is going to be full of grace and truth, and it's not going to be easy to hear all the time, but there are going to be people seeking it. And I don't want you to just go out there and go bashing people upside the head with it, and I don't want you treating people poorly, but I want you to kind of interface with the world here in order to be part of my purpose, okay? Doesn't that, that gets risky because then we're going, hold on a minute, now I'm having a risk different things, reputation, risk being rejected, all right, risk different things, maybe having maybe less friends, okay, all of these things. It's just, it's risky to do that. Let's read, though, about a few folks here in Hebrews chapter 11. I just want to jump through. These were four folks that stood out to me, and here's what I want to give you a little homework, okay, is if when you, when you see those names there, the, these guys... That, and girls that first read this letter, the Hebrew, the, the book of Hebrews, okay? These names would have been like jumping off the page at them. I mean, this is their history. I mean, this is their people, all right? This is like, you don't, me- these guys and gals are awesome, all right? This is like their heart just be, oh man, this is so incredible. And remember, one of the purposes of this book of Hebrews is the author's writing to a discouraged, immature, persecuted group of people. And part of the message is, hey, remember, okay, please remember, you can do this. I know it's risky, but you know people 
that have done this. You've grown up hearing these stories, right? You've grown up hearing the risk. And sometimes, again, it's that idea of the we've kind of veggie-tailed out these stories a little bit, you know, where Noah, it's just this sweet, cute story. But here's the deal is how often have you really sat down and thought about like everything, all the implications that go along with that? Because we love this. And it says right here in uh, Hebrews 11, verse 7, by faith, Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. I mean, we're kind of like, that's cool, build an ark. And chances are, none of us in here could probably even put together like a Lego set. Okay, you need instructions. Okay, you're going to be like, how do you put this together? Okay, and going, go build an ark. Okay, um, I don't have any time to do that, probably. I mean, it's not like Noah, can you imagine, was he just sitting around doing nothing? (laughs) Didn't provide for his family? Just total leisure life. And God's like, you know, you could use a project. How, How about that? How about you go build an ark? Okay, but here's the deal, and me and you know this, is oftentimes God inserts something, commands something, calls us to something that is extremely inconvenient. And it's really, really, really easy for us to forget that, oh, did he stop doing that today? (laughs) Did all of a sudden God get convenient Right? Yeah, once the fast food industry came around. I mean, we knew then that was the prophecy that God was come becoming convenient. Okay? I mean, convenience stores. Okay? But here's the deal is, is I'll bet you anything that that is not, God didn't one day go, you know what I'm going to start doing? Meeting all of my people's needs in utter convenience. All right? Because you want to know what happens with kids that grow up that way? They don't turn out good. Okay? And so here's the idea of him going, yeah, Noah, you're inconvenienced. And here's the other side of it is, is what was the risk for Noah? What's the risk? What was that risk? Can you think of anything? Can you think of the risk of, and, and, you know, a little hint here, he was warned about what was not yet seen? Like, like no one else saw it either? Like he was warned something's coming, and he's the only guy doing anything about it, All right? Can you imagine, right, can you imagine, like, how hard is it for you to hear people say anything not great about you? Listen, it's, it is very hard. Very hard. I, I'm with you, man. I'm like, golly, I just, I want everybody to say all good things all the time, okay? And when I don't do something right, I just want you to, like, understand that I meant to do right, okay? So just say something good. And then you hear something bad, even if it's not that bad, Okay, like, like, let's bring the relationship real close. Like, my wife could give me some, some honest feedback about something. That's not even bad. And I'm, like, crushed. <laughs> oh, no, don't you have anything good to say? You know? <laughs> but here's the deal is that's how fragile our ego is. Okay, but here's the idea of, you know, is, can you think of anything right now? Can you, I want you to just kind of navigate your week coming up. Can you think of anything that... Um, that has come up or can come up or some way that, man, you're just, you've stopped risking like maybe somebody not, like not understanding you. Maybe you not having the conversations you need to have. Maybe you're just not behave. You're not as vulnerable. You're not as warm with people because you're going, man, I don't know. They're going to think I'm weird and they're going to say all kinds of bad things and they're going to, you know, all this kind of stuff and, and, and going, man, well, Noah had to risk all of that. Can you imagine all the people that were just, 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've, I don't know if I've ever been in a place where somebody's just like, you know, make, maybe I'll do this every Sunday. I don't know. But just like making fun of you and, and, and jeering you and all this kind of stuff, I can't imagine Noah's life being, uh, it, it was risky for him to do that. He had to risk his own reputation, his own ego. Okay, And it's really easy, I think, nowadays as a disciple that we just want to fit into the world. Like we say, well, man, we live in like the southeast. It's very kind of like Christian oriented. And so we're going to like fit in a little bit more. But that's really not the case. All right. The philosophy may be Christian in the southeast, but the lifestyle certainly isn't. Okay, but believe me, I mean, you're living under a rock if you think the southeast has the market cornered on righteousness just because more people go to church, okay? You want to know what? More people spend money on porn in the Southeast than anywhere else, too. <laughs> Do those things make sense to you at all? You know, <laughs> so let's not, be, let's, you know, let's not just go, no, but we kind of fit in because everybody's kind of Christian here. No, 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 it should not be, okay? But sometimes we have to get out there and, like, risk maybe some ego <laughs> even of not thinking of myself too highly, of not being so kind of thin-skinned about things. Noah had to do it, right? He had to do this, okay? Abraham, you know, Abraham's in here a couple times. Um, boy, um, risky, risky Abraham, okay? What if you had to leave your land right now, okay? You had to pack up and go. God said, hey, come on, Abraham, go. Like, get your family and go. Move on to a place you don't know where you're going. How many of you like that? Like you like just maybe your spouse getting up in the morning and going, hey, I don't know where we're going to go today. Let's just drive somewhere, okay? Some of you are like, that'd be awesome, okay? Some of you are having a panic attack right now. You know, you're going, oh my goodness. No. You know, you're hitting your spouse. Or say, don't ever do that to me, okay? But, but here's the deal is, is it's, it's this idea of... Um, you know this risk of leaving something comfortable, like your comfort zone even? Isn't that, uh, boy, me and you, we could probably get our PhD in staying in our comfort zone. If we figure out ways to stay in our comfort zone. We make excuses to stay in our comfort zone of why I don't like step out, why I don't like love people more, why I don't share my faith more, why I don't apologize more, why I don't repent more. You know, I mean, there's all these things of going, you know, I just... You know, the things I do aren't that bad, right? But there's this risk of coming out and going, you know what? And maybe God is even calling me, you know, it, it might not be out of your country, but it might be out of your little, like, cocoon you live in. Maybe at work or at school or something like that, okay? If you're going to school and you don't know your teacher and you don't know your friends in class and you don't know who you're sitting around, like, maybe, like, come on, come on out a little bit, Okay? But it's going to be risky because faith is risky. Okay. Moses says, Moses, you want to know what he did? Is he decided that I'd rather be mistreated with my people than to gain the treasures of Egypt. Okay. Th think about that for one second. Okay. In our prayer life, and I'm just going to say, just as I'm talking about this, I'm going, I've never prayed like that, I don't think. Maybe. But I'm going... Have you ever, like, this is what I'm going to do tomorrow morning when I'm having my prayer time, I'm going to write this down. Like, have you ever considered making a decision that's going to impoverish you? 
make you less comfortable, make life harder for you. you know, have I ever prayed for that? Like, God, okay, here's what I, please make my life harder. I don't want to go along with this world and have a good life. Because okay? understand, that's the parallel of what we're talking about. Moses is going, hold on a minute. I, I don't want to get all of this treasure and all of this power and go to hell and not be with God. He's like, I would rather be punished and uncomfortable and, and misunderstood here in this world and be with God. Okay? And so this kind of challenges, here's what's risky. We have to reject the world's philosophies. We have to do it. There has to be. Now you're going, wow, there's a lot there. Where's the one place you could start? Okay? And when I say the world's philosophies, I'm saying, okay, about entertainment, about money, about uh, convenience, about leisure, about anything, you know, is, is this idea of, you know, we've, we've kind of let the world creep in. It's really easy. Because you know what the world is? The world will not ask you to risk. Because it's just like, no, come and get this. It's so easy. It's so easy. Come and just take because the world is saying it'll give you more back, but it won't. Okay. So there's this risk of going, wow, are we that fed up with the world? That's risky. Am I that fed up? Or again, am I just like everybody else? Okay. Like the world's cool. You know, sin, eh. You know, I don't have a super deep conviction about that. I just try not to sin, right? And here's this idea of Moses going, boy, can you imagine how risky that was? Can you imagine, what if you were buddies with Moses? Here's one of the things we oftentimes do to one another. So let's say Adam is Moses, okay? And Adam comes to me, and I'm like a Hebrew, okay? I'm just like a normal dude, okay? And uh, he comes to me and says, hey, Keith, man, I'm thinking about that. Not that Keith would, is a Hebrew name, okay? It's not. But, but he will go, hey, Keith, so uh, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of just coming out here and saying, I am a Hebrew. I am not with Moses. Okay, here's kind of what we do in the church. Dude, that would not be wise. Like, dude, you're in a place of authority and power. You should go and influence Pharaoh. Like, what are you thinking? Your life is going to be horrible. And we, and we have this, like, worldly thing. And here's the deal is, is God's plan all along was for Moses to go and have influence with Pharaoh, but God's way. Yeah. We talk each other out of hardship. We're like, no, 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 don't do that, dude. You eat good. You, like, you should be, just come on, like, be thankful that God is putting you in this place and and if Adam kept going, no, no, I think I really, no, I'm telling you, I don't want this. I don't, if God wants to use me, he can use me, but I don't want this. No, dude, you don't understand. We, we push people back into comfort instead of going, you know what, maybe that's what you should do. Yeah, your life's going to be harder. When was the last time that advice was given? Yeah, you don't know what, that decision's going to make your life harder, but that's the right decision to make. That's the faithful decision to make. Man, it's so easy, though, when we kind of get into one another's lives to just say the answer that we think we want the other person to hear. But no, man, you're good. It's good. It's awesome. I just want to be encouraging to you. And please be encouraging to one another. But let's not withhold the truth. And sometimes the truth is risky because we're going, oh, man, you're going to go from a place of like the penthouse down to the basement. Okay. And then, and then Rahab, man. You know what's crazy right here? You've got to read about this over here. This little snippet about Rahab um, in verse 31. 
By faith, Rahab the prostitute received the spies in peace and didn't perish with those who disobeyed. Okay. Um, there is so much in that little verse that is so incredible. All right. Um, Rahab the prostitute. Okay. That right there shatters our paradigm of, of any kind of righteousness, right? Of any kind of anybody who would follow God, right? Going, Hold on a minute. That's what you called? I mean, can you give her a little break? Can the writer give her a little break in the New Testament and just call her Rahab? You know, I mean, this is like following her. But here's the deal. Is there any better news than to hear that? Rahab the prostitute. Yeah, you want to know what? Yeah, you, you have a problem. You think people can't change? You think people can't make radically faithful decisions? Do you really think that's true? Because Rahab is going, I'm actually like turning against all of my people because God is right. Like all of my people, I'm allowing this to happen among my people. All right? Risky? Think about that. Where you're going, I love God so much. I know my neighbors. I know the people down the hall. I know the people in the community. Listen, they're going to get overrun. But listen, God is right, and I will live faithfully. Okay? That is such good news because uh, it's too easy to think, well, God doesn't really change people. It's not worth it to most people to change radically. And this lady's going, no, no, no. Actually, I will. And it makes the most sense right here, but it's risky. Okay. I want you to ask it. When was the last time you kind of, you, you felt a little bit of the fear and you didn't like risk, take the step forward? Okay. Like, I want you to think about that a little bit because it's, it's, it's really, really important because here's what I've learned. And I don't know if you're like this or not. Okay. You, you may not be. I have become fairly good at like recognizing fear inside of me. Okay and ignoring it. And I don't mean ignore it and then overcome it, okay? I mean ignore it and do something else, all right? Like, I'm like, I don't like that feeling. Let me think about something else. Instead of like, hold up a minute. You want to know what one of the practicals is, is that we slow down enough, maybe even count to 10 when we feel like fear, going, hold on, why am I feeling fear, and what is the faithful response, okay? But that's going to take some training in our brains. We're going, hold on a minute. Okay, I've got to train myself every day. Why am I feeling this way? And what's the faithful response? Okay. And it's slowing myself down enough. Because isn't that part of it? You know, I, I bet you everybody in here, uh, we make decisions that we regret. And almost always they're crimes of passion. Right. What do I mean by that? <laughs> okay. I, I mean that they just are emotional. They just like come into our brain and we spew it out. And then we go, oh my goodness, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be faithless. I didn't want to do all those kind of things. But it's just we haven't slowed the engine down enough, right? We haven't geared down enough to go, hold on, let me stop right now for 10 seconds and think about this, okay? Let me slow the engine down, okay? So what I found is, is over the course of, let's say, a semester, 16 weeks, like my my like RPMs, like the speed of my internal, uh, you know, bodily uh, heart, cardiovascular system, you know, you name it. I don't know. There's a lot of biomed students in here, but my, my pulse rate starts like week one. Like my resting pulse rate is probably around 52. Wow. Yeah, it's low. It, it, I only have one quarter of my heart. No, I'm kidding. Oh <laughs> <laughs> but, but by the 16th week, I'm like, 
I'm like, you know, it's like 87 is resting, you know, and I'm like, man, only 87. I need some more espresso, you know, let's get this puppy cranked. Okay. And, and you know, you get to that place because you are like, you are, you are half cocked with everyone. Like you're just like, you know, just, you're just, you're all over. People say something. I mean, like literally like this morning I was sitting outside of Starbucks and this car right in front of me, the alarm went off and I was just like, okay, cool. Didn't bother me. Okay, I guarantee you, if I don't like, become intentional, all right, what will happen in 12 weeks is that will happen, and I'll be like up on the, <laughs> up on the umbrella, like, ah, you know, <laughs> okay? And it's just this idea of going, dude, let me slow down 10 seconds, because here's the deal. Almost no one in here has a job. Now, there's some of you that work in the ER, okay? But all, the rest of us, we don't have jobs that people are dying immediately, Okay, it's okay to take 10 seconds. Okay, it's not the end of the world. Now, if you work in the ER, disregard that advice. Okay, please. You're like, I'm on the, I'm on the table, <laughs> you know. And Juliana's like, let me take a second here, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Juliana and Sarah go off and pray somewhere or something. I'm in full cardiac arrest, you know. But you get what I'm talking about, right? But here's the thing, and this is, this is all I can say to you is pray, because this is what I have to do about this, okay? Is we have an unhealthy addiction to have to know what the outcome is before we do something, okay? Please, let's divorce ourselves from that, okay? This is unattainable, okay? We will li- we're living a dream world, all right? If we, w- we won't do something, or we're going to try to control the outcome. All right? This is like, this is the tough part in parenting, right? Because I'll tell you what I want to do is I want, you know, I want to make everything easy and then send my son on it. Instead of coming, no, 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 no. No, you want to know what? Here's, here's the deal is, is we're going to raise our kids to be disciples and to love God and all those kind of things. And I don't know what the outcome's going to be. Okay? I don't. And right there, you, you might be feeling it already. You're going, no, 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 Keith, I have to know the outcome. Here's the deal is, it's impossible. Yeah. Okay, so whatever you're telling yourself that you think that's a viable option, it's not. Yeah. Okay, like you have to go, hold on a minute, that's impossible. All right, is this idea, whoa, it just happened. I could not control the outcome of that right there. <laughs> you know? But uh, it will come up again because there's this really great, great quote right after that slide. Unless, boom. Okay, we got a good job, man. That was quick. Dallas Willard said this. He says, "What we learn most in his or Jesus' yoke, beyond acting with him, is to abandon outcomes to God, accepting that we do not have it in ourselves, in our own strength, in our own will, in our own power, to make quote unquote this come out right, whatever this is." Okay. Is wait, this is the this is it right here? If we're going to like, because here's the deal: is this is what I hear when I hear the gospel. Underlying the gospel, what I hear is Jesus going, "Relax, man. <laughs> like, chill out for a second, dude. Take a deep breath. All right, that's what I'm hearing through all this. And you know what that allows me to do? Live in a faithfully risky way, yeah. because I feel like yeah, it's good. You all know what? L- let me step out faithfully. Let me risk some things, and you want to know what? Man, life is good. God is good. 
<laughs> like, amen, it's not the end of the world if I make a mistake. I can come back and repent, and we can go back forward and take another risk, okay? It just kind of lets your shoulders come down just a little bit. But I'll tell you what, this is the thing right here. This may be the single thing that may even divide, like, as people are trying to find out, man, okay, are you a disciple? Aren't you a disciple? Is this idea of, do you think you can, do you live in a way to control everything? Okay. And I know every one of us says no, but we all know somebody who's controlling. Like, have you ever noticed that? Like, I've asked people before, too. It's like, man, I, we don't think we're controlling, but we all know someone who is. And it's funny because when I talk to those people, they all know someone who is, too. And I'm like, at some point, we all kind of come back. We think we all are. And it's probably true. Okay, it pro- probably is true. Um, there's one way to do this. This is the only way I know how is I pray specifically every day for repentance in this every single there is no will that's the point of this i can't will myself out of it i can't just go get keep try harder i gotta go no 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 hold on a minute who is god who is jesus what did he do can i trust him do i have to know the outcome before i make this decision whoo boy that feels better let's risk let's make a faithful faithfully risky decision maybe right and here's the interesting thing look over in hebrews 11 um, in verse, we get, a, we get a glimpse, okay? We get a glimpse into their brains right here, okay? Hebrews 11 in verse uh, 10, as it was talking about Abraham and all this, he, we get insight into a psyche. Verse 10, for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Say, Hold on a minute, Abraham, how'd you do that? How, you mean you pulled up stakes and you left because God told you to leave. And then you went and you got your son and you offered him because God told you to do that. Like, how did you do that? And here's what Abraham was thinking. He says, because, man, I have my eyes on something that the architect is the one I want to be with. I want to be in that foundation, okay? I want to be there with him. And so, you, God, you can ask me to do whatever, and I'm going to faithfully follow it because I know you're good and loving, and I'm with you, and I trust you, okay? But this is one of those things. You want to talk about training, 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 training? This is a verse that me and you, we've got to train into our minds constantly, that we're constantly, that this is our default, okay? Oh, man, things aren't going well, but you know what I'm really focused on? Man, God, being with Jesus, helping other people get, that's what I'm focused on right there, is this radical focus. It's not just like, man, I hope it, hope it happens someday, but it's just, it's like a focus that the world would go, that is so weird that you think that way. But he also says in verse 26 down here, same thing, right? Um, he says in verse 26, Moses considered the reproach because of the Messiah to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt since his attention was on the reward. That doesn't even make sense if you read that again. He says, hold on a minute, the treasures of Egypt... He said, weren't as good as the reproach he was going to get because his eye was on the treasure. Hold on a minute. His eye was on the treasure. He just gave up the treasure. No, 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 no. It was something totally different. He's going, no, no, there's a treasure. In fact, you you can rebuke me here. You can correct me and you can hate me. But my, but what I want more than anything is that treasure with Jesus. Okay. That's something me and you, I'll tell you, this is like, 
has got to sink deeply into us. Not just like, oh man, let me think of this so I can say it to somebody, but this becomes our default, like our DNA. Like this is part of just how we operate, right? This is just how we operate when things are going crazy. And this is how we operate when we come to the crossroads and we're like, this decision's really hard. And this may cost me a relationship or this may, I may be standing alone if I make this decision or you know, something like that. And we're going, hold on a minute, where's my focus? All right, my focus is right where it needs to be. Let's go. All right, it's risky, but I'm okay with that risk. Okay, it's risky. Oh, no, things are going to go, but I'm okay because my eyes are set on this treasure and this prize, right? Is the best is yet to come. It's this idea of constantly the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. It's always going to be true until Jesus comes back. Okay, that will always be a true statement, right? And here's the deal. This writer in Hebrews is awesome. I hope that you, I am falling in love with whoever wrote the book of Hebrews, okay? And I don't want to get into an argument with you if you think you know who it is, okay? I don't care other than I want to talk with them in he- because they are masterful at writing, okay? Because here's the deal. There's so much discovery. There's so much like, dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave some bird seed out there, and you're going to get and go, whoa, this is awesome. I didn't know that was there. Oh, my goodness, this is incredible. That's the book of Hebrews, okay, because he kind of tricked us a little bit because he wrote this Hebrews 11, this chapter by faith, by faith, by faith, all these risky things. He even talks about people getting sawed in two, okay? How'd you like that for an evangelistic campaign on campus, okay? Hey, come and be a part of our campus ministry. You might get sawed in two, okay? You're going, you think it's hard now? Okay, that's tough to get people to come out to, okay? But all the way back in Hebrews 10, um, right here in verse 32, this is what the writer said. He goes, here's what I want you to do. You want to you be a faithful risk taker? He said, remember the earlier days. When after you had been enlightened, so you became a disciple. It's not even ambiguous right there. You endured a hard struggle with sufferings. Sometimes you are publicly exposed to taunts and afflictions. It's like, hey, remember this, okay? These guys were in it for real too, right? I mean, they were being taunted. They were having afflictions. At other times, you were companions of those who were treated that way. For you sympathized with the prisoners and accepted with joy the confiscation of your possessions. Does that sound weird to you? Like, like say it to yourself, okay? It's just this idea of there was joy in the confiscation of my possessions. If there isn't something that's weird about, I mean, the world would go, really? Like people came in and took all your stuff and you're like, amen. Yeah, it's hard. Of course it's hard. I don't have my toothbrush, okay? But, amen, it's going to be all good. Why? Because like we are dead set focused on where we're going. Knowing that you yourselves have a better and enduring possession, so do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. Okay, and this is this little nugget right before he gets into all of these things. And so is faith risky? Yeah, faith is risky. Do me and you need to, t- really the truth is, is, is with all that we've been given with this hope, it's almost like takes the risk out. Okay, it's almost riskier, well it is, riskier to do something else. Okay, but here's the idea, don't throw away your confidence. Right. Don't throw away your confidence and some. I'm just saying, there's a, probably a good chance there's a few of you in here, you've thrown away your confidence. Like, you're reeling right now. You're like, you don't know which end is up. 
Like you don't even know. You got things to confess. You got you're hiding things. You got all kinds of stuff. You don't even know what a good quiet time's like anymore. And you're just trying your best to keep everything on the outside looking okay. All right. And here's what the writer's saying: Don't lose your confidence. Okay. Remember, he said earlier in Hebrews 10. He said in Hebrews 6. Hey, don't forget. You know, when you became a disciple, God put this Holy Spirit inside of you. Okay. When you were baptized, he came into you to live into you. He said, man, don't lose your confidence. Come to him. Remember we've been talking about? Don't run away, run to him. Don't run away, run to him. No matter how bad it is, run to him. That's his message. Come to me, right? But here's the idea. I don't know, but I would bet you some of you in here, you're reeling because you've lost your confidence and now it's all about security. And it's all about, let me make sure that everything, like I can't endure any kind of, you know, stimulus at all because it's just like I am in such a place of like ultra security, all right? And going, hold on a minute. What we need to do is we need to get back into understanding like, hold on, who is this Jesus? Who who is this guy that I'm following? Because what he's saying is come on out into the light, okay? And then, listen, you're going to have the confidence to be risky again. You're going to have the confidence to be different. You're going to have the confidence to do those things. But we've got to go back and remember, who are we following? Right? Who, who is this guy that said, hey, come and follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men? Okay. And, and so that's, that's the thought. Hopefully we'll go back. I would be curious, like, as you take this message into the week, like, I would be curious, like, add on to it. Like, what would you add to this? Okay, what would you add to this? What would be some scriptures? I want you to think about that. What would be some things that you would put in and go, you know what makes me think of? It makes me think of this. Man, this is a scripture this part makes me think of, okay? Is make this your own as you go out into the world.